Looking for a tabletop role-playing game that is easy enough for newbies, but has the deep campaign tools for even the most seasoned adventurers? Then check out Emberwind, the most fun you'll have questing with your friends, period. To start, head to emberwindgame.com and pick up a campaign book, which includes everything you need to start your quest, including pre-made heroes for you and your friends. Use the promo code HAPPYZEN at checkout to get a 10% discount off your entire order. And now, on to the show. Some said they couldn't do it. Even more said they probably shouldn't. But here they are, bringing you another episode of the Happy Zen Podcast. Welcome your hosts, Adam and Matt. Is that doing anything? Test, it, test, it is. There oh, it is. Oh, wait. I think I hear it. Yep. yep. Also, I have volume on my headset, so that helps too. Oh. Test, test, test. Do you? No. I don't have that, but I can hear myself in my left ear. Yeah. I can hear myself in my right ear. I guess that makes sense. I yeah. Think. Left and right. Well, yeah, because I'm the left sound. Does it? Yeah, because it records it as two tracks in mono. If you're going to use any of this, we should let people know we've done this before. Are you recording? Oh, yeah, it's totally recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> I feel like it's perfect for us. Cut this all out. <laughs> so we're back. Not that we were really away, but we were lazy. I was lazy. No, but back in person. Yes. Well, I was getting to that. Oh, God, these are things we didn't do to each other online. It took us like two minutes. It was much better when we didn't see each other. <laughs> now it's hard to judge. Uh, no, but it is nice to be back in person um, in front of a studio audience, which is uh, not a thing. Yeah, there we go. So, no, 18 years, months, whatever it was, still is. I think I it was know. shortly before the third nuclear war that we recorded last in person. Yeah, yeah. And the way that most of society, um, well, I shouldn't say most of society, the way that some of society is handling things right now with their entitlement and uh, selfishness, uh, this may be the last time we get to do this in person for another 18 months. I mean, our dogmen overlords were nice enough to let us out of our pens for at least an hour, an hour and a half. Uh, so. Don't go there, because I actually have no problem <laughs> with the things that have been asked of us to do to limit the spread and crap around COVID. I, I absolutely don't have a problem at all because it's kind of like just doing the little thing for the other people. Cause really in our first world uh, scenario, you really aren't suffering in any way, shape or form to do the things they've asked us to do, which is get a vaccine that it only just compiles to the other, you know, dozens of vaccines I've had since being born in this country and province. Uh, and uh, to kind of give some space around people, which quite frankly, a lot of people probably appreciate and to keep my spit and germs off other people. Not really. This this is not a lot. I didn't think it was a lot. People I feel like we've been talking about this since we started this podcast. Yeah. Like well, not today. I just mean period. But not everybody's getting it. Like, I mean. I don't think at this point will any more get it that already get it. I don't think they will. I don't know. Listen, on the timeline of this podcast, we are. This is the Happy Send podcast, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And we will find happiness here. But uh, we kind of need to. I, I need. I need. I don't know if necessarily you need to, but I certainly need to address a couple of these items because. Our listener base is pretty wide, and, and actually, we have a listener base, which is kind of neat, but it, it's, it's a wide demographic, and so I would imagine that most of the people that listen to our podcast probably don't follow into this category because they would have left listening a long time ago, but um, those that do, like first, 
all personal opinion here. This isn't of the show because I won't speak for Matt, but. Uh, no, no, it, it's of the show, but it does not uh, reflect Adam or I, uh, our actual workplaces, maybe? Well, definitely not our workplaces. To- definitely not our workplaces. And I, I didn't want to speak for Matt in the case of the show either. Oh, fair. But, yeah, yeah. Let um, me hear what you say first before I, whether I. Yeah, yeah. So I was trying to give all the disclaimers agree. I could yeah. that this is just me as a person. But really, and uh, I, I kind of think that. I know the struggle's not over. I know we got a lot of things left to do in terms of getting through this whole pandemic and with COVID and all that stuff. But the line that folks are taking right now in terms of uh, whether it's the act anti-vaccine crowd or like the the people that think their freedoms are being imposed upon by asking to be vaccinated, you know, you can you can walk through social media, which is just a cesspool of like I've always referred to it as the worst of humanity, and all it has done is prove that statement more and more uh, in recent months, basically, but. You know, there's a lot of things we do in society to to, to take care of uh, each other in a lot of weird ways that you wouldn't think of, like right from a stop stoplight and a crosswalk sig- signal to you know, because that is by definition imposing on your freedom to walk freely in this country. You're following some rules to help out the safety of others and yourself. Uh, same with the stoplight. Like, there's all these little things, right? And you can you could argue that they impose upon your freedoms. I'm, I'm air quoting the fuck out of this people. Uh, but really, you're doing it to help everybody else, including yourself. And so that's, you know, the moral of the story here with the vaccine is that it's not the end all cure of everything. COVID is going to be with us for fucking decades and probably forever for that matter. Um, but if you can help it not like, I don't know, fucking kill people or ruin quality of life for others. And, and they're, you know, showing us that people do get struck with COVID and have long lasting effects. Uh, it's going to, you know, hurt the respiratory tract and it's going to hurt things long term for them. Was that the long, long COVID? Is that yeah. What call it? And so... <laughs> I mean, regardless of where the fuck you are with science and freaking out about getting a vaccine, the same science that has given you the privileges like for Mountain Dew or the fucking aspirin for your hangover or for like, you know, your bong technology or whatever weird ass shit you're into. Yeah. Like, I mean, all the shit that you guys and, and, and I'm speaking to the anti-vax crowd here, all the shit you've taken uh, or played with or fucked around with in life. And you can act like you haven't, but you're full of shit, first of all. So you, you've done you've done enough things to use, utilize the benefits of science. And in this fucking case, you've gone all snowflake and acting like you have this entitlement and stuff. Uh, it drives me the fuck nuts. And where I said to you, Matt, I wanted to get on the soapbox a little bit because in watching and listening to what's been going on, like you have your right to not want to be vaccinated. And I, I will never oppose that. You have that right. But you don't have the right to impose your shit uh, on others, right? I, I I think everyone has the right to be vaccinated, take care of each other. But I don't go protest on that. I don't go run around and jab people with fucking needles with the vaccine. And I don't impose in their safety and in their bubbles. I let you have your own freedom. So I don't get where you can run around as an anti-vaxxer, reach in the cars of other people to honk their horns, spit on healthcare providers, swear and attack people. Like what? selfish entitled piece of shit are you like it's this absolutely low level like if you want to protest and put it out there's lots of ways to do there's lots of ways to advocate for that the fact that you drop to this level reflects more about you than what's being asked of you and i I think it's a wonderful reflective process for us to look at these people and if you are someone who's on the fringe of things who's you don't want to get vaccinated for for a, a host of reasons these people that you may not be out there participating with are painting a picture of you. This is what you are now getting categorized as. So if you're on the fence and your rationale is there, I would want you to understand that you better be very prepared to have your position uh, and be ready to defend it 
But understand, people are going to toss you in this fucking pile. And I will admit, and I try not to do this, but I'm probably going to do it because of the volatile nature of how these people have behaved. It's absolutely appalling. And I mean, there is stuff I have seen all week around talking about it's their body. These are the same people that protest abortion rights, but yet they're using the same fucking argument to not have a vaccine. It kills me. Most of these people demographically, 18 to 39, is where a large population of uh, citizens in Canada are not taking the vaccine. These are the same people that have had more shit jabbed in their ass since birth to protect them from mumps and polio and you know scarlet fever and whatever the fuck else. Like They've got tons of shit in them already, and they're taking a stance on this one. They're not even paying attention to the fact that this fucking vaccine is built off the same parameters of those ones. So anyways, all this stuff aside, you have your choice, but do not, you know, it kills me that you, you take your choice and you affect the safeties of others by imposing your choice and threatening others. Like this is bullshit. This is this self-entitled righteous bullshit. It, it kills me. And if you're not a person out there, you know, uh, protesting and, and being violent, okay, okay. But the more of you that quietly sit behind your fucking keyboards and echo the messaging of these fucking people and use this as your leverage point to not get vaccinated, you know what? You are fucking perpetrating this even worse because you make those people feel like they have fucking strength in numbers and volume off the internet. Like, quite frankly, get the fuck out of your safe space. You're not a fucking snowflake. Drop the weighted safety retaining fucking blanket and your care and mother can fucking stay home. Get out there and figure out exactly why or why not. I'm sitting across from a guy right now that had a fucking stroke. Right. If anyone was going to be terrified about taking a fucking vaccine, I know someone in my life that would be terrified about taking it. But this guy also knew the risk associated with the fact that he would be classified as high risk if he was to get COVID, be fucked right up. And this guy made a conscious choice to not only protect himself, but protect others. So I don't know what the fuck your reason is, but the doctors have come out pretty clearly to dictate what is the limited case of reasons. And don't you fucking start with religion. Because, I mean, you people dance between science and religion whenever the fuck it pleases you, and it drives me insane. You want to go all fucking Jesus on it? Great, but go all fucking Jesus on it, all fucking in. If I find you at Taco Bell celebrating your fucking gun rally afterwards, uh uh-uh, you're fucking around with science, because that ain't food, that's science. So I'm going to tell you, pick one lane and fucking stick in it, and that's fine. I respect you for that. But when you dance between how it fucking chooses you and imposes it on the others, it's a whole problem I got with shit like that. And that's my problem. I'll leave it there. Okay. Three things. One, I understand what you're saying when you're using the term snowflake, but I think you're using it incorrectly because snowflake is usually a derogatory term towards liberal-leaning people, which I don't think the people protesting are the liberal-leaning people. They may fall into that age group. I'm just... I think that might be... I I meant in the context of being, you think you're so super individualistic Mm -hmm. and that everything for you matters most and you don't care. As long as you take care of yourself, you do not care how it infringes on others. And you use the excuse of maintaining your freedoms and rights and liberties at the expense of those around you, including your neighbor. Right. It's selfishness. Uh, Second, with the age group thing, I think it does progressively go down from older to younger in terms of vaccination rate until you get to uh, 18. No, what is it? Uh, 12 to 17, I think, yeah. or 11 to 17. That, But I think that's higher because they have to be vaccinated to go back to school or they're supposed not to. Not yet. Are they not? No. I think what they're doing is looking at the generation in front of them and said, look at these fucktards. And they realize that it they does don't go want to down, be Because it does go down as you go until you get, and then it ramps back up again for that one. And I don't know if that's, but yes, 18 to 29 is definitely the lowest point, And then the next one being. Uh, I would also like to, to highlight that a lot of parents of the kids that are 12 to 17 tend to be outside of the 18 to 39 category or just on the fringe of it. 
And they're looking at their children and thinking about the safety and longevity of both them and society and the loved ones around them. So they do uh, you know, look to have their children be vaccinated to help them be safe in the environment of school. And then third, the only uh, officially, as of this recording, the only two reasons that you have to get out of the vaccination passport program situation is an allergy to an ingredient, which has to be proven by an allergy doctor. Yeah. Or if after having one of the shots or a similar shot, you have, uh, I forget what the scientific term is, but it's basically uh, like a heart inflammation. Yeah, it, it, Those are the only two reasons that you can get out of it and, at this and, point. I, and I get, and I know some folks that have heart-related illnesses, um, diseases that they've, they've carried for, for a long time. And it's taken a while for their doctor to come around to make a recommendation on what vaccine. So I get their hesitancy. Like my doctor took me two years to finally say, you know what? This is the one I'm comfortable with for you to take based on your condition. I can get, okay, you know, it took my doctor two years to get their head around that. If I can wait an extra couple months to get my head around that, I, I can respect that because that type of person is thinking to themselves, they're trying to logically map out the safest route for them. But guess what they're doing? They're mapping out the safest route for them. They're not fucking de- decrying it, attacking and, and you know, putting fear and, and terrorizing others uh, who chose to get vaccinated. So I have no problem with people that are hesitant based on medical concerns or issues who who kind of stay in that docile environment, but they don't take to the, be the keyboard warrior. They don't protest. But I also don't hospitals. think those are the people that are protesting. Like, I don't think people with legitimate reasons no, to not, not have it are no, the ones that are act- no. actually. And, and, I, and I want to maybe just sound off a little bit that that I support those people in the fact of them trying to figure out their own journey to, you know, maintaining their own safety and safety of others. And they, you're right. They're not the ones running out there. Because licking, really, licking those people in theory should want as many people to have the vaccination because they can't. They want to have people yeah. around them to be. So, yeah, yeah. I, I so, don't think... I, I think it's it's just, like you said, self-entitled, selfish people that just... Who, who they, they want the attention. Who protests at a fucking hospital? Well, what kills me about that is, like, do they not realize the hospitals are not the ones that came up with the vaccine No, they passport? don't. Though. They don't know how it works. They, they're not the ones enforcing it. Yeah. Most places that you get a, vac- a vaccination out is not the hospital. Okay. So that seems like the least useful place to be protesting and then you're actually affecting people who are trying to get to the hospital you're blocking ambulances for a million like reasons otherwise right for legitimate reasons yeah. like you, the protesters themselves could need to go to the hospital couldn't make it because of other fellow protesters yeah no listen i probably would have if you were in the hospital when you had your stroke when this shit was going on i would be in jail because when i come to visit you and they obstruct me to visit you or your family or your wife and i would have probably went to my car got a baseball bat and ended up in jail in like fucking two two minutes or the shit kicked out of me cuz quite frankly there's a lot of them and they're volatile and angry so yeah but anyways i i don't like to to position this hostility towards them but i feel like they're threatening the vulnerable and they're threatening society i don't feel like they're threatening me they're not i've got two well, vaccinations it's i like can one take step care of myself away at this point from protesting outside of a long term care home yeah. Like, that seems like the next logical step. I mean, and I use logical in terms of their logical Yeah, I don't steps. even like to use the word logic in their reasoning. So, But but I hear you. I mean, where they're coming from. So I'm going to go lighter on this because this is the Happy Zen Podcast, as you say. And welcome back, everybody. And and it's fun to get... Uh, you knew this was coming. Yeah, it's, come on. It's you been guys, a while. This has been building. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. Part of the, the, the rationale is, you know, everyone's quite busy in our lives. Uh, although I know COVID says it's restricting for a lot of other people. I'm, I'm, I'm finding it to be the opposite. And I, I know Matt's been the same. So yeah, I, I did not get that additional uh, free time that I was promised. <laughs> so um, if anything, uh, two of us really want society to go back to the way it was because we had the luxury of doing this a lot more often and, and, and probably enjoying each other's company and hanging out with our families way more together. Uh, but anyways, Bill Burr. 
a lot of people, um, you're mixed mixed audience of Bill Burr, Bill Burr right? Because he's kind of edgy and that kind of stuff. You some people will find his stuff very funny. Some will find it offensive or raunchy, whatever the case may be. But he actually, he was in a conversation with Conan uh, recently, and I don't know if he caught this or not. And quite frankly, a lot of people that like Bill Burr potentially are a demographic that may or may not have been people who were somewhat anti-vaxxers or maybe on the edge a little bit, maybe a little right wing, less progressive, whatever you want to refer to them as. I think uh, I saw this clip, but I can't for the life of me remember the what sheeple, it was. The sheeple clip? Right. Uh, if it's if taking the vaccination is to to kill off people, yes. it's killing off the wrong people in that theory. Yeah. So so he he yeah. sent with Conan and they talked about uh, being called sheeple, right? And Bill Burr openly said, yeah, I'm double vaccinated. And he's the problem with the one conspiracy theory, and there's lots of them. Why the fuck not, right? Anything anything you can dream up and imagine to, to keep yourself moving forward. Um, I'm not even going to get into the religious ties. Anyways, um, so he commented about the sheeple thing. And he said, you know, if you think that all the world leaders want us to get this vaccine to kill off the world's population. He goes, you're, target, you're, you're, you're dumb in your theory because the people that you'd want to kill off are not the people that follow the government. The people that you're told, get a vaccine because it's going to protect everybody. And if like 80% of society gets that vaccine, guess what? They're following the rules. They're listening to government. They're going to do what they're told. They're going to pay their taxes, all the wonderful things. You don't, you don't want to wipe them out. You want to wipe the 20% of the fight back. Yeah. So this 20% has clearly identified themselves as the problem. If, if this theory or, you know, conspiracy theory is true, um, they've clearly identified themselves. So whatever happens to them next, if it is part of a government conspiracy, you guys didn't think this shit through. You put yourself at risk. No, and I think really for that conspiracy to work, the next step is to release something into the air that only affects those who haven't been vaccinated. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we didn't get a vaccine for COVID per se. Maybe we got a max uh, a vaccine for Dovid or whatever the fuck is next. And you watch that group get wiped out. And we're all laughing, going sheeple, <laughs> dumb fucks. I think it'll be like yeah, what something uh, Elon Musk puts out, Do- Dogevid or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or if there is nanotechnology in the v- vaccine we just got, the fucking um, AI robots he just made won't attack us. The ones that you may or may not be able to overcome in case they turn on you? Well, I think they're totally designed to take out people that with uh, long-term COVID. They can only run a certain speed. They can only overpower a certain amount. If I have a weakened respiratory system, I'm not going to be able to last in that fight. Guess who's kicking my ass? A robot that can only walk seven miles an hour. Just going to say. It's interesting that they're five foot eight, 175 pounds. There's a unique size to them. That's the average human being male. It's terrifying. Don't forget he made flamethrowers, people. Portable flamethrowers and now have fucking robots with AI. I wanted one, but... Yeah. So anyways, what I'm saying is, I guess, there it, it, there is some sensibility. We you were getting to the this. happy part of this, right? Yeah. You know what? I, th- <laughs> I don't remember how I think we got back to this again. But. What I have found uplifting in some respect is that there's a large portion of society that's kind of said, okay, you crazies have had enough of a moment. And if you start, if you do find yourself trapped in social media or following the news and that... Enough people that tend to sit back and be relatively quiet have said, okay, enough's enough. Like, you, you fucking weirdos, enough. And, and they're, they're throwing out information in many different facets, you know, encouraging people to get vaccinated, talking about the, you know, talking about their conspiracy theories and poking giant holes in it. And people that may often get branded of in the middle and all that kind of shit are, are interesting. Um, I'm really curious to see where the whole thing with Joel Rogan ends up because, uh, you know, him getting COVID and, and where he goes from that. And uh guy was always on the fence with conspiracy theories and, you know, definitely wasn't a proponent of the vaccine. But although he was lined up to get the Johnson & Johnson one. He and, also took the horse dewormer. Yeah. So, like, look. Yeah. You know what? If you follow social media and you 
whatever the hell that horse fucking I, I don't remember the name because it was so stupid. I, I, Vectman, I so I checked the uh, the hashtag on that. You know, there's more posts about people dying in the hospital from taking that than there is about successfully and taking going it. blind. Yeah, and they they post like I'm doing this, and they post, oh, this is what happened, and it's fucking horrible. And I'm like, oh my god, it's living proof. Yet this is where people run with. Like we, our mentality is like they would so rather self-diagnose and self-medicate yeah. than just go to a doctor. Yeah, I don't want to take the human-approved vaccine designed by people. I'm going to go left field on this one and take this horse antibiotic thing that just is designed for a fucking animal 10 times my size. Uh, accordingly adjust because I'm a doctor. And yeah, uh, yeah oh, wait, wait, you fucking morons. You know what? You get what you deserve. I, 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 I still cast this theory. Whatever religion you want, Mother Earth, whatever. Like I, I just think at the end of the day, <laughs> the planet's like, look, we keep throwing things out. You know, we can't call this population the way we need to. We can't thin it. Nothing seems to want to thin it. We can't make a, a mega predator because they find a way to fucking kill it. So we got to figure something out. Ah, let's outsmart them. Let's play two moves ahead. One, we release this. Okay. We got this fucking respiratory attack piece. You know, it plays up with the environment. We can mix it together. Fuck, they're making the thing for us. So Mother Nature, we can whip this shit out. They're going to attack it. They're going to find a way to beat it down. But we've been watching society enough. They're fucked. They're not all going to take it. So we're going to hit it with a wave one. We're going to hit it with a few other waves that really weaken the, the pop. And then there's probably going to be a 10 to 15% number when it's all said and done that we can release phase three, which just wipes the fuckers out. And I think they get our 10% down. And if we took 10% of the world's population drops down, all the environmentalists have said, you know, a lot of pressure on the earth would drop. I swear to God, Mother Nature just outsmarted us knowing how dumb I, I we are. I love how we just ripped apart conspiracy theories and then you just laid out your own. <laughs> No, what I'm laughing at is that... Well, you did. The Earth finds its own way. And maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not the case. Maybe All those are bullshit conspiracy theories. Yeah. This is maybe fact. Look, whatever the fact is, we got something... Gaia got, is real. We got something we got to deal with. You've seen Captain Planet. Right? Yeah. Well, fuck, that'd be great. We uh, we got something we got to deal with and take care of each other. And no matter what your fucking theory is behind it, it doesn't change how you need to behave. And, and the ridiculousness of how people are behaving... I didn't have a lot of faith in society beforehand. Are you saying I shouldn't be filling a soccer stadium elbow to elbow, nose to the back of head with tens of hundreds of thousands of people for like college football? I shouldn't be doing that? No, no, no. Oh. That's perfectly fine. Oh, okay, it's, good. You know, it's under the stars, stars and stripes, so it's perfectly fine. They're protected by their freedoms and liberties and God. Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. I'll have fun. How was your summer? Florida. <laughs> I'll never be going back. Yeah. I, you know one thing I'm never worried about again? Buying American currency. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even buy shit that stuff that ships from the U.S. anymore. I actually watch for that now. I, I try to make sure what I buy does not ship from the U.S. anymore. Because I so badly want to go back to Disney. I'm like, the, the only chance of that happening is France? California. Or, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, that's true. I guess I, I feel like Tokyo's Tokyo. Gonna be, Tokyo's going to be pretty smart with this shit. They'll be good. I mean, they got through yeah. the Olympics. That's right. Well, Jesus. Sort of. <laughs> Anywho, so summer was interesting. That's been COVID chat. Yeah, I mean, sorry, folks. I know it's you can't escape it these days, right? And and I look forward to the day we can escape it. I, can't, I look forward we could go. Shit, we don't know how to open the podcast anymore because it's not a thing. This anymore. only happens when the numbers go up. If the numbers go down, we'd have nothing to talk about. But you know. well, in this se se segment, the what's yeah. the fuck's wrong with society segment? We'll find a new thing. Yeah, horse tranquilizers. We fucking morons. Anyways, <laughs> I just can't can't get my head around it. You know. Anyways. Mm -hmm. It's good for my body. It's natural for my body. Is that a uh, bean burrito from Taco Bell in a Mountain Dew you slam it down there? Yeah. There's probably nothing real in that, by the way. But have fun with your horse tranquilizer. <laughs> Gatorade, man. It's got what plants crave. What was my... There was a tweet the other day about... Um, if you... It, I keep picking on the Taco, Taco Bell things. The tweet was something along the lines of, 
if you're celebrating your um when you're celebrating your anti vax movement by hitting up a Taco Bell with a, and slamming down a Mountain Dew, you may not be living in the tyrannical world you think you're living in. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good fucking tweet because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's uh, you're not going to get that Taco Bell sponsorship now, but that's okay. Yeah, your, your civil liberties probably are not completely completely attacked. But on, on a Taco Bell note, as we talk about the future of everything, thinking forward and the evolution of change, I'm going to segue into actually a Taco Bell conversation. Did you see the design for the new restaurant for Taco Bell? No. So they're going sky high, baby. The store is going to be in the air. The idea is it'll be on multiple pillars. It looks kind of like a gas station. And what you do is you pull up and you get you order at the window below the restaurant. The restaurant workers are above you. They make the food, prepare it, and they drop it down in a pneumatic tube to you to take out. And there's two lanes. <coughs> Pardon me. One lane is for ordering at a window and receiving it in the next tube. The other lane is when you order on the app and it comes down the window for you attached to your car. And there's the they're putting this the, the Taco Bell above this on. Post. So are they putting it up so like there's no chance somebody could just walk into the restaurant so by that, chance? So no one's walking. How in. do people get into it to work? Well, there's going to be like stairs or elevator to get up there. Come on, okay. it's like it's, it's on columns. It's not floating. It's, unfortunately, folks, it's not floating. Okay, it is upright. But what's happening here? It lowers the footprint on the ground, right? Because it's like now it takes up basically the same space as where the gas pumps would be at a gas station without the actual store. Because everything's above it, right? I can see this actually for gas stations as well, ending up above it. Then you get into the discussion of like, okay, when I buy my property, so if I buy my house or my the land where my house is, how high up do I own of that property? Oh, there is a there is a number actually yeah. in every municipality in the province of Ontario and in this oh, country. Oh, I guess because you can only build your house so high, right? Yeah. Well, there's a height you can build and there's a height you own because drones have been getting into the situation when drones fly over your home. There's an airspace above your home that if they're within, it is trespassing and they can be charged. And there's a space above that. I could tell you what it is. I don't know if it's a, if it's 50 feet or 150 feet. It's, it's pretty significant from my understanding. Here, I thought you were going to tell me the Taco Bells were up high because of the flying cars that we were going to get from... No, actually, I had, I had to double check this to make sure it wasn't just like some, you know, playing on the demolition man thing of them winning this food fight uh, war that they clearly wouldn't be winning right now, anyways. Um, but they, they they certainly do last, right? So, uh, I mean, the shelf life of their product alone. Uh, and yeah. I was thinking about the deliveries; it'd probably be very easy for this, right? So, because I mean, they only get deliveries once a year, and they just keep serving that food or whatever. It comes out of bags and whatever cans, dehydrated. I'm not sure the fuck it is. No one really is. Um, so you don't want Taco Bell after this? Is what you're saying? Oh no, I'm totally up for that. That's okay, cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just wanted to check. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's so e- it's so easily digestible, right? Yeah. It's half digested when you eat it. It's true. Yeah. So, anyways, I thought that was a really cool uh, thing I saw over the course no, of summer. I, I did not see that. And I was thinking, I, I I phoned you this morning and said, "Hey, let's talk about like maybe uh two or three or four, ten, whatever." You did call that- me, and I was alarmed because I was like, "Oh, it's before 11 and he's calling me. Is somebody's injured or wounded?" Or- no, no. I said, "You know, we probably should think about the what we're talking about because we tend not to do that these days." And I said, uh, "Let's talk about maybe a you know a few things that really stood out for us over the course of the summer. I mean, summer 2021, you know." It's always going to get wrapped up in the time of COVID, but I thought there were some interesting things that happened this summer, and not that I could recollect even them when I phoned you, but I thought, you know what, if we can get your brain working a little bit, who tends to pay attention to more substantial things related to our podcast, um, at least we can get the ball rolling on a couple of things. Okay. <coughs> uh, well, we could address the elephant in the room first. There's no elephant in the room. Mm. Isn't there, though? No, not at all. <laughs> Okay, so 
Let's backtrack a little bit here. Uh, two weeks ago. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was invited onto our good friends, Adam and Jesse's podcast, the video film podcast. To be fair, I just didn't think you listened to them. <clears throat> and I was, uh, I, I did the episode. They were very complimentary of us and we talked movies and I said they were doing a great job and they are consistent, which, you know, obviously has been an issue that we've had. Then uh, the following week, they mentioned that the next week after they were going to do a movie that I knew you were a huge fan of, or at least you had been when we were younger. So I said, oh, you should get a hold of Adam. And, uh, and they did. And then a couple days ago, you were on. Mm-hmm. And I say this a couple days ago because unlike us, they put out their episode the day that they record, which is insane. But <clears throat> on that episode... Are you taken aback by how much I complimented that your production and uh, no, no, research no. is what keeps our podcast alive? That's that. That's what kept me still coming over here today. It was all of the rest that I had. Hmm. What you like, Outlander? Well, I do, but that's not uh, that's not what we're going to get into here. So, okay, so my best friend, <clears throat> my podcast co-host, the man who was willing to break down the door of my house. When I was having my stroke, my brother goes on this podcast, it's not our podcast, and says things such as, I think Matt's brain may have melted, mm-hmm. and that he hasn't, he hasn't had good taste in movies since 2001, approximately. Yeah, that's right. Uh, no, no, that's not right. That's not right. It's inaccurate. I said Fast Five. When did Fast Five come out? Okay. I don't I don't know. See? Back to my theory. Uh, and then, on top of that, has the balls. The, so the, uh, the topic of Kevin Smith came up, and you, you're like, oh, yeah, Matt's living in the past. We fucking recorded an entire episode on Kevin Smith. An entire episode. You and me. And on top of all of that, the movie that you guys mentioned on two episodes back, I also didn't like and spoke about on that podcast. And the only persons on this podcast that defended me were everybody but you. Yeah, that did go down like that, didn't it? So, just wanted to air that grievance. Fair yes, yeah. you, you, you pointed out that uh, I, I do... I do work behind the scenes of this podcast. No, all the work behind the scenes. I okay. did point that out. Yes. And I appreciate that. I just felt a little bit attacked. And I was... Oh, oh. And then, to, to cap it all off, you, your thought was, if we were to, to work together and have an episode with, with the four of us, your plan was to have the three of you attack me... And have to defend myself three against one. No, that's not true. It wasn't attack you. It was give you the forum to defend and prove to us why we're wrong. Okay, but is that not defending if you, the three of you are already of one state of mind and, and I'm not? So it's already three against one? I was referring to it as debating. but mm. And you would be armed better than us because you have watched and retained, I think, all the stuff related to those movies. So I thought you'd be thoroughly armed. And we would be full of rhetoric and I'd be able to unsubstantiate. 
And I feel like we're against the masses because of the collection of fans and dollars these films make. I feel like we're the outliers. Okay. So the play- but I don't have the masses with me in this conversation. Uh, you do, though. We know you do. But that's why we, want to, we, need, we need our numbers because we're the outliers. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. All right. Look, I know it's a petty argument, this Fast and Furious thing. And by the way, I've handcuffed myself to never, ever be able to say if I ever did like any of these films. If there's even a moment in them I can uh, like, I can't say it now. I've, I've totally screwed myself on this kind of stuff. So that's the one piece. Two, the living in the past comment just fell out. I was referring to living off the Twitter timeline, but then after I said it, I looked at them and went, shit, you guys don't edit, so we're fucked now. But anyways, so that one I'll apologize Yeah, for. thanks, Gallagher, I, for uh, not editing your podcast and letting me hear the raw episode, which so, is what we're going to do now, because yeah. apparently I edit too much as well. No, no, I feel for you, because you put so much time into it, the high quality, and it's, it's unfortunately, COVID changed a lot. So I'm going to defend a few hey, things. Hey, Jesse, you want to do a podcast with me? I feel like maybe Adam and Adam should be doing their own podcast. So, I need to defend a few things. One, there's no secret to any of our audiences, my dislike of Fast and the Furious, and so I will always harbor that, and it's a fun uh, piece between you and I, so that's not going anywhere, and I will not apologize for that. I do theoretically think it is melting people's brains, possibly even yours included, and I do worry about that. Um it goes back to the societal things. And so I'm not saying I'm superior. So this is a concern of yours, of my, my well-being. 100%. Yeah, 100 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I worry that Fast and Furious is, is like hurting you in some weird way. Because okay. I feel like as a whole... Aren't you a fan of the Transformers movies? Well, yeah, that may have melted my brain too. I'm willing to admit those things. Okay. All right. Though, I want to make sure we're on somewhat level playing field here because I, I feel like everybody has There's a like lot of movies, crap that, movies I like to watch yeah. that people would say melt my brain. And so I'm cool with that. Okay. Um, so no, anyways. No, Fast and the Furious bit, I'm never going to let that go. And every guest that comes on our show never agrees with me. That's the first time I've thrown that out and people have agreed with me. Uh, I think Katie wasn't a big fan either. I could be wrong. No, she defended. Sarah was a huge fan of yeah. Ahmad's side, though. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I'm, I ever I'm, have to go reach for somebody. And I'm pretty sure Jason defended them, and I'm pretty sure if we go on the list, I was losing, um, which is cool, because I expect to lose. They, are, they make billions of dollars. So, uh, And I can't attack a Marvel franchise, so it just it's impossible. That, that is lunacy. So, And this is borderline lunacy, but I enjoy playing it up. So anyways, will that be... And don't forget, I'm the guy that actually liked Vin Diesel in the um, Riddick series... <laughs> Which yeah, where was that? Yeah, talk? exactly. Well, hey, Worship. listen, you did. You were there to throw those cards out, so that's why I got to be on a bit oh, of a high I horse. I was yelling at my phone, <laughs> listening to the podcast. I can tell you that much. So, anyways, uh, keeping the rivalry a lot, rival, rivalry arrive. Yeah, there you go, language. right? There you go. Um, and yes, we are brothers, and yes, you are my best friend, and this is what shit brothers do to each other. So you know what? Uh, it ain't right, but uh, it's where we are. All right. In, in terms I'll of, I'll take the, it ain't right. That's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great. Uh, I apologize if it really uh, bo- it really bothered you, uh-huh. but I'm glad the fire is lit because I feel like when I texted you say, "Hey, we should podcast," you were like, "Yeah, motherfucker, let's podcast!" Like you were ready to go. Oh, buddy, I was almost ready to go yesterday. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should sleep on this because I maybe I need to dull this. Uh, I a little love bit. it. Hey, listen, I got to thank Adam and Jesse for not only having Matt on, uh, but myself as well. And you know, it's fun to get together with you guys on a podcast. And and to be fair, you know, I said this on their podcast as well, and. You know, I appreciate all the work you do in this podcast to make a high quality product. Uh, I feel for you because it takes a lot of time, and maybe a little, okay, I'm uh, just going to do what Adam does. No, then. I'm going to say maybe go a little more raw, and this might help us. Um, it doesn't become a nine hour process for you to to record for an hour and a half with me, and then spend like seven hours editing and cleaning up and all that kind of stuff, which does sound really good. But in today's uh, podcast world, you notice most people, unless they're a high end 
like produced by studio, most of them are just going relatively okay, raw these days. But I mean, so, there is also a factor that you are busy with work. I mean, that has no, no, been no, a factor. But, to- but I'm hoping that we take some pressure off. Okay, let's yeah, try it. Let's right. see if it helps take some pressure off you as well. Okay. And so the the episodes don't feel like such a chore. That just we, so you're so that what you're saying one. is I will I will not hear this ever again. I will never hear th- what we're saying right now ever again. I'm going to hear the beginning. I'm going to hear the end. I'm going to piece them together, and I'm going to cross my fingers that we haven't said or done anything incorrect. Yeah, you know what? I, you know what? Uh, I, I had the thought when I went on their show, and I think you and I have started to do this a lot. I think we talk in a way that is almost like we're on air. I think we we, we kind of approach it like radio. I think we self-filter better than some. Probably. Maybe you filter, you probably do filter throughout, but I think we're getting better at filtering ourselves. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. So I think, okay, that's what you mean. So I think it works. Even going on their podcast, I wasn't worried that they didn't edit. Well, maybe there's a couple bits there about you. But other than that, uh, I didn't I didn't really look forward, like worry about the edit. It wasn't too bad. And long, I knew I was on air, you know, you're, you're going through and keep it that way. So, well, I mean, you have also experienced uh, like on radio and, and, and yeah. other things. So you know to do that. A moderate, a, filter, a moderate yeah. filter came up. There's a giant hole with you, apparently. But other than that, the, the filter was there. Seriously, fast and furious, man. I just, All we've I learned right now struggling. is that the next time you record something, you're going to make sure that like, if, if there's a chance that Matt hears it, I'm going to have to be careful what I say. No, well, we're still going down the fast and furious road. And I do stand by the chance that we, we get together. And I'm going to challenge those guys, not just for the four of us. Those guys do a lot of research for their podcast. Well, so. Well, okay. no, they, they, Jesse does. Yeah, okay, <laughs> Jesse. You're right, Jesse does. No, not a knock on Gallagher. I'm just saying it seems that that's what ends he up he did do some research on Thirteenth Warrior. A little that's bit surprised true. me. Um, but anyways, with that being said, uh, I, I would give them some latitude to to build up uh, a debatable debatable points about Fast and the Furious, and maybe they maybe they moderate our debate over Fast and the Furious as opposed to picking a side. They can play arbitrator because I think Jesse was a kind of more on the fence. So maybe Jesse could be the arbitrator in the middle, not Adam, because he's he's as volatile as I am. So, you know, maybe Jesse could come in and be a judge, or maybe they go out and find a third party uh, film judge type person, like yeah, I don't know, maybe a Bembetic or somebody along those lines. Because I think he would probably in the line of more comfortable with Fast and Furious. I don't know. I'm just just has no idea. We don't know. We don't know his opinion. So maybe he's the right guy. I don't know. So I mean, we can message Vin, but I doubt it. Most of his responses will be "I am Groot" these days, so I don't know. You know, are he, are I think he, with Jesse though too. Like his, he was favoring. Like, see, he he his interest in the Fast and Furious franchise, from what I gathered on that episode, was more the opposite of what I got out of it. He was more. He seemed to be more on the grounded car culture side of things, whereas I was looking at it more like I enjoyed it more when it just became essentially a superhero movie where nothing made sense. See, you accepted it for that, and I resisted it for that, and that's where this all fell apart for me. That's that's the difference between us. I liked it being where it wasn't far fetched. It wasn't you, you went far fetched. Like, I where, fucking where the, hated it. The the, the big uh, where it was basically uh, Point Break. Yeah, where they were stealing DVD VCR yeah. combos. Who complains about Point Break? Uh, well, yeah, no, not the original. Exactly. Yeah, no, there wasn't a remake. Never, <laughs> never. See, we agree on so much. That's why the Fast and the Furious thing is such a wedge. Well, that's what fucking kills me. You're like, <laughs> oh, since the Fast and Furious, he hasn't had a good judge. I'm like, I have to assume like. 85 to 90% of the movies were on the same page. It's not abnormal for us to have movies that we like that the other one doesn't. Yeah. I would but think I, that I, is strange if we, if we liked exactly the I same thing. I was also three Caesars and like four beer in at that point. So it was really bad podcast yeah. etiquette. Well, so, but anyways, with that being said. You did sound a bit lit. but Yeah, it was. Okay. And I, I laughed and said, you guys are at the end. I said, you probably want to edit this. I was probably slurring a lot. But anyways, they left it. 
But it was fun to be on the podcast that you and I have both been on someone else's podcast where you and I have been on other people's podcasts and events in different genres and different things and rationales. And that's the first time we've ever been on someone else's show separately and sequentially. And I don't know if that's going to help them or hurt them. So I don't know whether I, it's like, hey, glad we helped you guys or sorry, we fucked you guys. I'm not sure yet. But either way. Yeah, uh, if you're hearing fun. this and you're not Jesse and Adam, I we do recommend you check out the video film podcast. Yeah, yeah. they're pretty consistent, to be honest with you. Not only the number of episodes, but um, their breakdown of film. And watching those two rant with each other is a lot like us, by the way. Um, you know, one has rationale and one doesn't. And that's pretty much the same makeup we've got. Yeah. I'll leave that for your own opinion. I already yeah. know what it is. Uh, on us and them, for that matter. All right, well, let's get back to what you were sure. uh, what you were leading into. So, how was summer? What memories stand out in summer? That's not end of the world related. Well, it was hot. <laughs> wow, we should have thought this one through. No, uh, look. When you called, you said, you know, what are like basically three things that stood out as 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 things that got you through the summer. I think one of the major things for me, and it has been probably now for the last couple of years uh, during the summertime, has been bike riding, cycling, I guess, is the pros would call it. Uh, so I've been doing a lot of that. Uh, I just got a new seat, new pedals for my bike, so I won't have a broken ass every time I go, hopefully. Uh, but yeah, so that's getting progressively longer, You know, usually getting 20 to 25 kilometers per ride, getting some exercise, which is promising. And they've been getting really good about the trail system in the past in the area around here. So I don't have to be on the road as much because uh, when I'm on the road, I tend to wipe out and uh, bang myself up pretty well. Got a little bit of scar left to prove it. But yeah, other than that, uh, I don't know. What's one of the things for you? What's uh, you got anything? No. Uh, okay. I mean, besides work. I presume yeah, we're yeah. both saying besides work. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think, and I'm trying, trying to go into, we'll go into film, television stuff later. Uh, I hate to say it, but U.S. politics actually was a thing I kind of enjoyed in 2021. I mean, if you think about it, Trump gets impeached. He's He loses. There's this whole storming of the Capitol. I didn't like that, but what I liked was the the ray of truth being shined upon the horrific divide in society, not because of wealth, but because of beliefs. And so people really had to be a little more uh, affirmed in their thing. So those that, you know, uh, strong positions against uh, racism and misogyny and and, and all kinds of horrible fucking things in society of how we treat each other poorly. Like you kind of have to be a little bit stronger on your platform now and be more welcoming and be more inclusive and and make an effort. Now you can't, you do more than a bystander and uh, bystander, sorry. And so uh, I kind of like that affirmation, um, and I, I kind of like the fact that the United States elected their first female vice president. I thought it was a big deal. So that that, was, that stood out for me a little bit. I'm hoping that helps to continue the trend with world leaders being um, you know, parity and equity for those world leaders, because quite frankly, there's a lot of cases where women can do a hell of a lot better job at helping clean things up, because a lot of the other bullshit that comes with men leaders uh, tends not to be in the room when there's a woman. So um, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful on that, fingers crossed. So that was the one for me. I kind of... Not that it directly affects us. I think it's just on a global scale has a, the ability to be um, there's some positive things to take out of that, not the negative. I'm not going to focus on the negative pieces out of that because there's lots of it. I'm just trying to find the positive pieces. I don't think I have anything uh, that's actually that useful in terms of uh, another thing for me, but I would say, um, hmm, I kind of started 
reading more. Uh, I really have not read in a long time. So when I picked up that, uh, I picked up one of those Amazon Fire tablets. So I, I really, uh, I've been listening to a Stephen King podcast, and I've just been realizing that there's a lot of the, those books that would interest me. So I've started reading the Dark Tower series. I'm four books into that. I've read like Salem's Lot and Insomnia and uh, some of the other. I can't even think of all the books now. Um, so really, I've just been trying to pick up my reading. I have this book that I'm reading now that is, uh, it's actually three books jammed together by, um, oh, now his name's going to escape me. I want to say, no, I forget. Look it up. Uh, the author of the book, Pontypool Changes Everything, uh, is actually, that book is part of the three uh, called The Budley Mayhem. And it's actually stories that take place in around Budley, uh, Lindsay, uh, Pool, obviously, all, all around where we grew up, and they're like horror stories, which I thought was really cool. The first book is all short stories, and there's Pool Changes Everything, uh, and then I forget what the third book is. I haven't gotten to that one yet. So that one's been good. And then I've been reading a lot of uh, graphic novels still. I kind of do that, but really the novels I had, I just haven't been reading. It's mostly just been, like, my movie watching and TV watching has gone way down. I don't know if that's a good thing, but you only have so much time. So, yeah, reading's kind of picked up a lot of that. No, I'm glad to hear that. And did you find it, um, <clears throat> I've tried that. I tried, it, I tried it in 2020. I'm getting better at 2021, but still quite poor. Um, do you find it like a chore? It depends on what I'm reading. Some of the books I fly through, like they've been really good. And I actually, which seems counterproductive, I find reading on the tablet, I read more on the tablet. I, I find it, I don't know if it's the convenience of it or or what, but I find I can, and maybe it's the print is easy. I don't know what it is, but I find if I'm reading on a tablet, maybe it's the size of the books. Like if you have a physical book and it's like, you know, big giant tome, that's intimidating. You you know, you're like, oh, I'm not making any progress. So you're reading on a tablet. I guess you can look at the page count, but it's just page after page after page. And then all of a sudden you're at the end. So for me, I've found it easier to read through books on the, on the tablet. Yeah. No, my daughter's the same way. She, she, uh, the volume of books that she can read on her tablet is high because she has used all those library things that you told her. Yeah, about. Yeah. So she checks in all these different libraries and, you know, consumes them, but still likes to own a physical co- copy for like the nostalgic piece, I think, of mm-hmm. it all. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, she said the same thing to me that for me to pick up my reading, I probably should try the tablet. Although I'm not a big tablet guy. Like I don't use my tablet for much of anything other than maybe throwing a television show on on occasion that I'm falling asleep to if I'm struggling to fall asleep. So, um, but maybe that's worth a shot. I don't know. Uh, I do have a, a thing that happened in 2021 that <clears throat> under different circumstances, I may have thrown a party for. Uh, and I don't throw parties for much of anything. In fact, like I turned 40 this year. I have no intentions of a party. So uh, keeping up with the Kardashians was canceled. Yeah, but aren't they coming back on some other network or some horseshit? Look, I just want to live in that okay, moment fine. for just that yes, moment. Yes, okay? it's over. It's done. I do recognize that it isn't the end all. Look, Donald Trump also still raised hundreds of millions of dollars that probably will not get put to a campaign. And you fuckers will have to chase him down in jail as he uses it to bail himself out. But anyways... With that being said, they still got canceled. So I just they, they don't, there's no no changing the fact that the title of that show will now be Epiphany, like uh, oh, oh, uh, immortalized by being attached to the word canceled. So that's important. And that was a highlight of your summer. I think it's the highlight of the world summer, <laughs> to be honest with you. 
But okay. anyhow, yeah. Um, I do have another one though. Was it actually happened today? Okay. I found a post that explained some things about Danny Trejo to me that I didn't know, and it just made me love Danny Trejo even more. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that. And recently, I was trying to get my daughter to watch um, Desperado mm-hmm. because you know I have no idea why. Oh, yes, we watched Expendables. Okay. All three Expendables. That was kind of a cool moment to watch all three in a row. By the way, uh, and I forgot how much I enjoyed Antonio Banderas. Sorry, <clears throat> Antonio Banderas in the third film was very fun. I very much enjoyed his his crazy energy and all that. So I said, hey, do you want to know how Antonio Banderas hit the screen in my world and your Uncle Matt's world in terms of action? It was Desperado. So threw Desperado on. I'm not saying that's where he started. Just for us, it was. Definitely probably his first big break, if probably, I remember Probably, yeah. yeah. For, for us, anyways. I, I For sure. So anyways, I threw that on. And then he's like, that guy with the knives. He, he he doesn't change age, does he? And I went, nope, Danny Trejo does not change age. And she's like, what's his name? I said, Danny. Danny. She goes, I thought it was Machete. And I love the <laughs> fact that she thought his name was Machete, first of all, because that is like he got his own movie for that, yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And so anyways, as uh, you know, your smart devices listen to everything you do in your house and you randomly put things up on your post. And so I, ran, I got this random post about Danny Trejo. And I did not know that these five things about him that you may or may not know. That his restaurants donate all the leftover food to shelters. So his tra- restaurants? <laughs> Trejo Tacos. Okay. Two, he does not do his own stunts for the sake of other people's jobs. He refuses to do any of his own stunts. That way people get to have the jobs as stuntmen. Because a lot of celebrities do their own stunts, and it fucks out the, the, the stunt workers. Actually, don't Calling you out, Tom Cruise. There are a lot of other things, too. He once saved a baby trapped in an overturned car. That one needs a deeper Google, first of all. Four... He served time in uh, San Quentin Prison. I knew that. Nearly received the death penalty. That one I also think needs a little more research. Maybe you know more. Did you know he's 250 acting credits as of 2021? Oh, I believe it. Yeah, that I don't I don't find that one overly surprised. But I um he does a lot of things for the veterans and uh, addicts in LA as well. He does a lot of a lot of work as well. But anyways, obviously the guy had a clearly there's a bit of a story for a trouble past and all that. But honestly, like you've seen him in a million movies. He's been all kinds of things. He's been funny, but not funny. Uh the recent um Magic the Gathering commercials. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like such a weird thing. Him and Patton Oswalt. Yeah, like, yeah. I just love that as well. So yeah. I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, that little thing today was kind of funny. Um, I do have one more. I'll pass it back to you. There's one more thing that uh, I've actually really enjoyed this summer. And it's kind of like a little package of things, but it's been kind of quite fun. Okay. Oh, you want me to do? And then you're. Oh, uh, do- yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Sorry, I thought you were curious. Okay. I'll well, throw- I-, I will say uh, again, see, my things are just. Hobbit living in my own home. My that, own world. I mean, seriously, an Instagram post today, but it was a, a big moment today, actually. Um, I, I really got serious this year with like, I'm like, my fucking backlog of video games is like obscene and gross and it just reeks of bad consumerism. So I have to start playing these games. Like I have games that are still in plastic, like for systems that are two generations behind. Like it doesn't make any sense. I really tried to dedicate some time to play through them and also to stop buying games just because they were on sale, which is usually how I ended up with so many to begin with. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so I've been going through, like, first of all, I don't know who's paying for games anymore because you can get games for on the computer for free every week from the Epic game store. If you have Amazon prime, you can get, uh, games from them. If you have PlayStation plus, you can get free games from them every month. Uh, Xbox is the same thing. If you get Xbox game pass, you could play, but like, there's no reason to buy games. I don't know who's and doing Netflix it. is coming soon. Exactly. 
So anyway, so I, I've been going back through a lot of like single player games because that's what I find. I fall into the trap of playing games that have no end. Games like Rocket League, games like, uh, well, like League of Legends, you're playing like games where it's just, it's a cycle. Uh, any of the... Oh, God. I need, I need anyone, anyone that has the prescription to get rid of that addiction, I'll take it. Uh, Battlefield, same thing. So I wanted to play like single player story games. So I, I, uh, I played through Horizon Zero Dawn, which was fantastic. And those sons of bitches, they're like, don't worry, we're not going to release a patch for the PS5. The way it is now is the best it's going to be. I finished the game a week later, they release a patch, so it plays better on PlayStation 5. But that's besides the point. Uh, I finished uh, Disco Elysium, which is a role-playing game where you basically wake up as a hungover cop and you have insomnia. You don't, or not insomnia, amnesia. You don't remember anything about your life. Everybody hates you. You're a piece of shit. And you have to find out why. There's no combat in the game. It's all conversation-based. But it's really good. Do you play the cop that magically starred in Die Hard 5? Because everyone would hate him, too. There's no Die Hard 5. Yeah, that's a whole other debate. Uh, and then I, I'm playing through, I'm probably about three quarters of the way through the God of War that came out a couple years ago. Oh, that's, you know, my daughter's got that one. I, I almost want to kick her to a room to play that It's one. really good. Like, the story, everything, it's it's great-looking game. The, the Everything about it is is awesome. So I'm just trying to kind of burn through my, my back catalog before I start spending any more money on any of these games that I'm never going to play. Because I think Battlefield 20, 2142 comes out in October, and that's going to be a problem. And then Diablo, oh, then Diablo 2 got remastered, and it's coming out. I'm. Do you find yourself drawn to remastered games? Because to I me, do I don't it's, know. I do only because it's kind of, something like Diablo or Command & Conquer, it's kind of comfort food. Like, it's it's not like watching a story where once you know the story, what's the point? Those kind of games you can just play through because it's like habit. Although I will tell you, playing going back and playing Diablo 2, they refined so many things for Diablo 3 that Diablo 2 feels very clunky. I was just going to say the word clunky. The yeah. inventory management alone is just a nightmare. So I, I don't know about that one. But uh, yeah, so that's what I'm just trying to burn through that on my spare time and use my PS5 for not PS5 games, apparently. So... I love that because it's. I, I think that's something I need to do as well. I mean, people could say you need to do a lot of other things in life, I guess. But for yeah. me, I was always an avid gamer. I feel really disconnected from games. Um, and if anything, of playing League of Legends for a year. Oh my god, I played that for an entire year since we talked about this. I do enjoy that game, just not the people so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and and there's a lot of things I've discovered in that game where the mechanic, not the mechanics, but like the what do I call like your MMR for your, you know, your mastery points of things around your win loss ratio and how many points you gain for winning and losing in the competitive rank nature, man, you can tank an account and then not really climb it back. Like you have a bad, a bad week or say you, you roll like 19 and one. I didn't have that, but just say hypothetically, right. Um, the win ratio of how it works, like you got to win like 50 fucking games to get back to like even again for the win ratio to not pound you. So you have so to like, win more than you uh, have lost. And it's like, and, and, and how you perform in those wins too do matter. So if you got carried by a bunch of other people doing really good, it does not going to help you as much. So, so you're still playing? Uh, not like I did, but yeah, I probably still play a couple times a week, but I have a different account that I started to start with fresh MMR to kind of get a sense where I am at. Yeah. And my ranking in that is like silver fighting with gold, which is like the middle of the pack, which I thought after a year, I probably should be as, a, as an older gamer, but I should be somewhere in that range where the other account, I can't break out a bronze because it's just broken. Like it needs, I have to wait for the season to restart because <laughs> so, so I could restart. And so anyways, um, I do enjoy it. I, 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 
have found the roles that work for me and shit that I enjoy playing and the champs I enjoy playing and, and kind of spent the time with stop going with the flavor of the week and just play the thing you like. And it's actually worked really well. So, but I don't play this just like I did before. Um, Do you find it's a good game for you because the matches are usually around the same length? So, you know, okay, I've got an hour of time to play. I know I can get around in or whatever. Yeah. And you can pick a champ and play a champ for a while, figure out what you like, don't like about it. You can try it in a couple of different ways. I hate the fact they do a patch like every two weeks that changes some shit every once in a while to try to balance the game because it's like they're constantly just trying to swing back and forth on a teeter-totter to get to balance and it's never going to happen. So you got to find your fit in there. And so certain parts of the game I realize now playing through a season in a bit, I guess, is like when they lit, they put new items out, they change something in the game. So they try to change the dynamic, um, but with so many fucking players. Um, but there's just some real scumbags that play those types of games. And it's it just, it sucks because, you know, someone just... Yeah, it disconnects they don't want to play anymore or they choose to ruin the game by you know suiciding their character a million mm-hmm. times like shit like that you can't come back from that stuff like literally i played a game last night listen you can get a lot of like your your little kill kill uh death assist you know numbers your kda numbers they tend not to be too crazy in like the silver range um but you know a good game maybe you got 10 or 12 kills you know maybe probably like six to 12 deaths like because it's, it's 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 no one's that good they're they're getting there but when someone dies 12 times in six minutes. That's impressive. No, because the, they got killed 12 times by the other person exactly 12 times. There's no way your team can come back from that. Like that 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 person who got those 12 kills that quickly They're just is going to walk through everybody. Yeah, yeah. And no matter how hard we tried as a team to collectively as a group of four go kill that fucking person to settle things down a little bit, it didn't matter. So those ones suck because... There's no way out of that. Now you're trapped in this hell for 15 to 20 minutes. And then, of course, that person is so tilted and pissed off that they did that. Because I know they don't mean to, but I hope not anyways. That when you go to surrender to get the fuck out of it, they vote no. So you have to stay for another five minutes. Just like they're, they're making us suffer for their... Uh, anyways. So that that kind of shit in the game, I, I ultimately just walk away from it after that. Because before I would try to make that up, play the next game. Mm-hmm. In such an angered state. You do not do that. <laughs> anyways, there's that. So the last thing that I think for me is I have really enjoyed um, Disney Plus Marvel. Everything that Marvel has put on Disney Plus this year, I've really, really enjoyed. Nothing I nothing I can say I didn't like. Um, they held up, you know, whether it was Wanda, whether it was Loki, Falcon Winter Soldier. Um, God, MODOK. God, that was so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the What If series I'm really enjoying. Honestly, like just anything they've put out, uh, Marvel's put out on the Disney Plus, I've really, really enjoyed. It's been a great band aid considering I'm not going to the theaters. Um, I know you went. I just haven't gone yet. I just, it's not COVID for me. For me, it's 60 to 75 bucks for taking the party of the family essentially to the movie theater or 30 bucks to watch it at home for two days straight. Well, that's your that's problem. Where, that, you, that's, should, you just don't take anybody. Go by yourself. But that's where it's winning. And I, <laughs> I find it interesting because we talked a... So aside from that piece, you and I talked at the beginning of the pandemic about would theaters die? Would streaming actually release all these big movies? Would they continue to release big movies? What would be the implications of that? And I do recall members saying it was going to be at the very least a hybrid, but most likely they'd, they'd go streaming. They're going to push it out streaming. And, and they did. They... No one has not really. There's very few that did 
no streaming releases. I know they've pushed a lot of big titles off. They've been pushing them back, hoping, because every time they get a glimmer of hope, they're willing to push it a bit further. But there's a lot of big titles that got released streaming-wise that they didn't hesitate. And I thought it was really interesting they went down that road. I firmly believe it's going to go the way of the drive-in theater. I think the in-person theater will be a thing. It'll always be there. It's not going to go anywhere. It won't ever get reduced to the drive-in theater, but it certainly will be reduced in some capacity. And streaming will have a place. It'll have a, a really big place, actually. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, that's the way it is now. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the way things have kind of fucked us over is like when the U.S. was reopening things, we were still closed. So we kind of got gypped for movies. And then now that we're reopening, the U.S. is kind of closing things up. So that's pushing a lot of movies back again. So when the theaters have been open for us, it's been very limited in in what you could see. Um, I think like the tail end of Black Widow, we got um, Jungle, Fast. Jungle Cruise? Jungle Cruise was a coast thing, yeah. Uh, Fast 9, um, the other big one that's not a franchise that I saw was uh, Free Guy. Yep. The Ryan, Ryan Reynolds one. Haven't seen that yet because I went to go watch it. And that was a weird one. It was in the theater. I never read anything that said it wasn't going to be available for streaming, but I found I could not stream it on the Cineplex app. Yeah, there's all sorts of weird complications with timelines. Like some movies are in the theater for a couple weeks and then they're like a premium rental. Some like the Disney stuff uh, is all at the same time. It's a premium rental as well as in the theater. Some stuff like in America, like I read today that Suicide Squad is coming off of HBO Max today. So it got like a month on HBO Max. Which is interesting because I couldn't rent that either on Cineplex. Yeah, it's so weird. So maybe now that's off HBO, I'll be able to get it on Cineplex. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. These, these rights things, I hope they figure this out a little bit better. There needs to be some more streamlining, yeah, because it's all over the map. A little more consistent. Listen, the dollars are there. People are going to spend the dollars. Well, look at the... I mean, yes, it's shitty what happened, but what it did open up with this whole thing with uh, Scarlett Johansson... Or Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson and uh, Black Widow... Um, I mean, yes, she had an agreement that was based on theater revenue, and that sucks, obviously. But what it did do was it opened up the numbers, and you see how much money these movies are making on things like Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Like, I could be wrong, and I don't remember the numbers exactly, but it was the same or better on Disney+, Plus than it was in theater. Yeah, but she didn't get her cut because it wasn't theater. Exactly. And I remember, so, so that's what I, sucks. We had this conversation at the beginning of the pandemic as well, where... They we thought they would you know I I I really thought they would get close to the same numbers and I know you were hesitant um but I, I'm I am surprised they got close to the same numbers like I I thought it would have been like ratio wise like amounts of eyes or households you know per capita and I still knew it'd be hundreds of millions but I just didn't think it would be as close I just knew it'd be good yeah and I think I mean her situation's fucked because that's an agreement that was signed before COVID Disney should have adjusted accordingly but, but now this is going on with um what's her face you did Cru- cruella as well, well they're all gonna do it. yeah no they're, they're, there's three of them particularly right now happening so i wouldn't be surprised if um because hers was who's the, same... the one in jungle cruise emily blunt she's not apparently there's no apparently there's no complication there it's a little bit different of a, a contract that one might have been late enough that covid had there was, there was something in there because they weren't done wrapping till covid was still going yeah but, but emma, emma stone, stone for Cruella, sure yeah there was scarlett johansson and there is another one i can't recall and i mean maybe if you're you know it, you know it but, you know it, but I, the anyways. point is it's it yeah. is kind of 
shitty what yeah. they what they did and like why like and even kevin foggy is like why would you do that like we'll just readjust like i mean the, all these things can have addendums or contracts and so you just you can make an, an like article why would you piss her off because now i mean you know no matter how the movie plays out because i still haven't seen it the point is you have shows like what if you know there are ways that she could come back oh listen the, the way things have gone with loki and a few other things yeah, yeah. We clearly know that you can do anything. So why would you burn so, that bridge? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make sense. And she's a big star for the young girls that even, are drawn as Marvel fans and, and young boys and girls. And so why would you jeopardize that? Because even financially, like, in the long term, it would be better to keep her happy. I don't know. It just seems stupid. We'll see what happens. I, I don't know. I mean, who fucking knows? But it does expose a lot for the dollar value in the movie industry and the disproportionate uh, amount of wealth in society. So it did, it did open a lot of conversations up with like, hey, how much money are we talking about here? That's passing through hands. Like, holy fuck, right? Now, granted, a lot of people get employment. And I do remember hearing that conversation where Tom Cruise was losing his shit on set because people weren't following the rules for COVID because it's hundreds of jobs and all this. And, I, sure. and that was the one time I actually agreed with the guy. Um, and there may be other instances worth agreeing, but I don't know. Uh, but in that particular one, I did. So I, I get all of that. There's it's a big industry, a lot of money in that. But when you start seeing the amount of wealth going to single named either individuals or, you know, limited number of entities, you start kind of going, uh, that could be probably shared around a little bit more. Probably. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're at that point, you're readjusting their whole life. Like, I mean, they're living a life at a certain level that they are expecting that kind of income, yeah. whether it's right or wrong. It's, you know, that's a different discussion. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. Sure. The other thing that's interesting, too, is, I mean, you got to think that Disney Plus, they don't have to split that money with theaters. So that's that's, I that's I said pretty you, much entirely profit. I said to you before, the streaming services are going to figure out they don't have to offer a cut to a middle person anymore. I really think that the streaming services will be the ones that directly put people, put the theaters out of business, not because of COVID. I think they're going to get a taste of the candy and not want to return. And well, they're And they're going to fuck the theaters out of this. And you look at, like, most of the streaming services that are coming out now are owned by movie theater or movie uh, studios. Yeah. Disney's got their own. HBO's got their, you know. Uh, it's coming. Whatever. Warner Brothers. Fuck, you're going to go to a movie theater and it's going to be streaming. Because what's going to end up fucking happening? Yeah. Could be. I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if we're any different than we were a year ago. It's oh God, just. It goes the way of the microbrewery or the, or the like uh, local brewery. Who does their own, they do their own local beer and then you go experience that flavor. And like these little individual places just stream until they get caught. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I mean, there, you know, the movie theaters, you could get more of the theaters that play older movies. But then again, the problem with that is you technically have to have rights for those movies mm -hmm. and the studios will have them tied up to whatever streaming service. That forever. Because now they have a platform to put them forever. They don't need an outlet. This is the outlet, right? So I, I don't know. I, I, it's scary because my the, the whole thing with the movies in general, theaters or streaming, is that none of these studios are really risking anything anymore. It's always, well, it's either a sequel or it's a known brand or it's at least, at the very least, a known okay. story. I agree with that for the big players. But Netflix continues to pump out all of its own content that I can say to you is good, is horrible. I don't get that. It's appealing to an audience that wouldn't be... So, The Dead Don't Die. Just watched it. That's not a Netflix movie, though. Wasn't it? No. I saw that years ago. Oh, I thought it was a Netflix original. No. 
with um, Bill, Bill Murray, Murray in that? And oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that changed my argument because it's. A, I, I thought it was going to be an example of what I was trying to say where but it got, caters to a particular audience, not everybody, sure. and whatever. So, but Netflix does have their own yeah, individual yeah. titles that kind of yeah. just, they put out that aren't guaranteed hits. They're Sometimes they're sleepers, sometimes they're not. And I feel like they take a little more risk. Maybe they all don't. HBO inherently did take a risk with a lot of items over the years to build to build who they are. Mm-hmm. Not everything was always a slam dunk, right? So I don't know, but I think the big players are going risk adverse. The Warner Brothers, the Marvel, the the, the Disney, they're, they're they're definitely going risk adverse, which sucks because some great quality titles that if you go on to um, Star inside of Disney sure. Plus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole wealth of things that were a risk, right? Like, I mean, Predator and Die Hard. One Do you find you three, go through there and you're like, I can't believe this is on Disney Plus? Like, there's movies that I see. I'm like, this is insane. That Dis- like, because there's so many movies that are yeah, they're, they're so out of that bubble. I just go, I go on Star and I go, I didn't know Fox owned this. I didn't know Fox yeah. did this. That's all I keep saying. Yeah, yeah. I just assume Star is Fox. Yeah, right? pretty much. And, right. and so I go in there and I go, this was a Fox product, or they own this studio. Like, yeah. oh wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So I just, I just surf through there and I enjoy it. So. I do like it, though. I think it's a great place for it to live. Um, and Stuff like that doesn't need to find a home. Well, and that's the other thing, too, right? As physical media starts to dwindle, you know, you do have that fear of like, well, if the studios are the ones that select what stays and what goes, there you could see movies that you really like that just disappear because for whatever reason, they have a contract dispute or there's something in that movie that's, you know, too offensive now or whatever. Oh yeah, the, you know, the collector thing is really going to enhance. Like, if you were a collector of movies beforehand and you used to think they'd always have a place and struggled to find that place, I think the place now is because of streaming. That those collections are really going to matter. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly you're seeing it even in um, kind of somewhat unrelated. But you look at like uh, like Magic: The Gathering and Pokemon, like the yeah. card games. Games. These are cards that were designed for a game that you played physically. But nobody's playing Magic the Gathering physically anymore. They've got, you know, computer app, or they've got phone apps, tablet apps, because then they get 100% of the profit. The cards now is just a collector's market. That's all it is. But they're still worth a fortune. They are, but they're not, they're, they're used for a different thing. It's like a... Yeah, they're not used to play anymore. It's either a special editions or it's a, uh, like a protective thing to, to keep it around. And movies might go that way. Every generation, um, you know, from VHS to Laserdisc to DVD... There's always some that get left behind. So there are definitely going to be, and I think that jump to streaming, there's going to be a lot. And even now, if you look, and you've run into this several times because you've asked me, you know, do you have such and such a oh, movie? Yeah. Because you can't find it on streaming. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's yeah. I want, I want scary. To, I want someone to answer to me why it took so freaking long to get The Edge of Tomorrow on Netflix where they've had, um, what was the other one? Oblivion from Tom Cruise was on there for like, years probably longer than anything i've seen stay on the fucking app yeah and they just got me edge of tomorrow and edge of now. tomorrow was good just now yeah exactly that was the why i'm like oblivion no that's not the one i want to watch i want to watch edge of tomorrow no don't make me watch fucking oblivion and so anyways i've been waiting and waiting it's finally on like i rejoice that it's on there so i just careful i want to say it loudly to take it off but i think that's it like there's a lot of those movies that are like you know like i could see things maybe not now so much but like movies like dread for example they were they didn't make a lot of money but they're they have a lot of fans. Like they're like oh, they're, yeah. they, they're, these they're culty well. kind of movies. Yeah. If the studio doesn't see financial reason to keep them on streaming and then the physical media disappears, you know, you lose out on a lot of these, these or movies. Or you start getting movies that would be like the dread and they say, okay, we're going to do this, but there's no theatrical release. It's just straight to streaming. 
So do we end up with the straight to VHS days where we end up with real shit content? Well, and, and what, and what they, was that? The statement uh, Patty Jenkins made this this week oh, that started movies. a lot of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like all the movies on Netflix don't look real or they look fake or whatever, which that's kind of a weird statement to but, say. But there's a look that people kind of like on film now. Like there's a look that we get these streaming look. Like if I think of, um, was it Horror Street or Fear Street? Fear, Fear Street. Street. Yeah. The look, that film look, that, I don't know what that is. Someone explain that to me. But but that's a real, like, if I look at the kids that are the uh, 12 to 20 age bracket, they love that look. It's like a, a refined YouTube kind of idea. They love it. It draws them. It's what they want. And so you can comment all you want that it's not what your movies were, but it isn't always about your movies, right? It's going to be about other people's movies as well. And so I think you, you got to look at the wider audience. And the, that look we see on streaming, Stranger Things, like you look at that, that the quality. Uh, it reminds me of the 80 look. Like back in the 80s when we first got mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know, was it Technicolor or when we first got like that better look? It reminds me of that. That nostalgic feel works, man. But I think too, that's also the people that grew up in the 80s are the ones that are putting out the products now. Yeah. Or yeah. are in charge of putting and out so the products. And so I think we have like two streams. I think we have like the, you know, multi, multi hundred million dollar production CGI deals. And then we have these other ones. And I think these other ones have tons of space and quality that, I accept them whether in the theater or they're not. And I'm cool with that. I do get your place. The place I always associate you with is that large budget films that are kind of meant for the big screen first. There's a place for them. Like Fast 9. So I get Fast 9 is meant for the theater. Like that's the whole point of it. Same way that it would be for like Wonder Woman 84. And and when we got um, uh, Shang-Chi, like that's going to be. Go see it in the theater because that's what is originally like when they're filming that and they're visioning it, they're visioning it on a big screen. So I get that. But I also think there's probably like 90% of the movies that get done in the course of a year that probably don't need to be on the big oh, screen, sure. right? Yeah. So I think that's where they're going to find this balance. The society would the one that dictate it, right? And I think too, in terms of the physical media aspect of it, again, I think you're going to see more of these boutique um, companies like Mondo, like Shout Factory, Scream Factory, Arrow that are putting out these re-releases to preserve the physical copies much like with the magic and the Pokemon where it's, well, the physical copies are special editions or special versions. Like that's why we have a 20th anniversary version of Mallrats on Arrow because it's a collector's thing or you have the Criterion collection. You have these special versions. They might be the way to keep some of these ones. But again, they can't do all movies. So it's, I don't know. That's my only concern is what slips through the cracks, you know, things like that. A perfect example to tie it back to your, uh, you're guesting on the video film podcast is something like 13th warrior. Yeah. As you guys said, isn't, you know, you know, it didn't blow up the, the, the theaters obviously, but it has its fans and it's, it's the, the, the fans that are for diehard fans. It still kills me that that movie costs more to make that outlander. Like in the comparisons of the two, I can't, yeah, I I can't get over. I where. would not have known that. Yeah. That's uh like, that, do, they, do they give a hundred million to Antonio Banderas or something? Like I just can't. Or remember. like, did they go back and have to? I mean, I, I I heard there was mention of having to change endings and refilm stuff. So maybe there's a lot of money that was or or they just with so many extras because all those scenes and they just they they had too good of a salary. Maybe I don't know. Like it's. Uh... But I mean, either one of those movies, really, for my argument, could yeah. could slip through. Yeah. And most people wouldn't notice. Yeah. You know. It's not an E.T. It's not an Indiana Jones. It's not a Jaws. But would that not, take uh, away from it at all, though? Because I didn't go to see it in the theater. Most people didn't. The people, no, the people that, that But if you want to watch it, it now. Yeah. 
Oh, you mean to get to get access to it? You mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess my concern is when it gets to the point where they're like, "Well, we only have so much room," which is, I don't think that'll focus actually. Anyways. Yeah, I don't think that'll be the problem though. I think if, if anything, look at Disney. We, we we said okay, limited content when they first showed up, and now it just keeps every day growing, every month growing. Netflix, it seems, and Netflix seems to be at no end. Like I know they take stuff off Netflix. Um, they take stuff off. I didn't know they had on because there's so much there. Yeah. And so well, I don't think it's about the room and they can always up that capacity. And if they own more content, why wouldn't they? Because it brings more people to the, to the party. Right. So I get that, though. But there's still a piece of you're still held uh, victim hostage. I really want to refer to it as I don't mean in such a negative connotation, but you're kind of at their mercy. Sure. Whether they want to put it on or not. So and for how long? Yeah. If so you don't get a chance to have a physical copy, you're stuck with you can only get access on a limited basis or. Is it a premium thing where here's the Rolodex, here's here's what the 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 library you get access to, and here's another library that you can pull things out like renting as a stream, mm-hmm. which we're back to renting movies again, but you never get to own a physical copy. In this case, you can't buy the used copy from Jumbo Video when they go take it off the shelf. Yeah. Or or you can buy it like like maybe you buy it off like you do with Amazon. You can buy books, you can buy songs. Maybe you can end up buying films that way. You just never own a physical copy. You're always going to own a digital file. Well, that's it, right? I think even Amazon's kind of sliding that way with their Kindle books and their yeah. Prime Video and all that stuff. So, huh. yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't know. I don't. We have no answers for anything. But, but. it's interesting. Like, we saw the change. We had this conversation when it started. We, it definitely has picked up momentum and steam. It had definitely its naysayers and people that are you know critics, the Christopher Nolans, the Patty Jenkins, and more of the world. But there's certainly more in agreement with it than there was in disagreement with it. And so it really has started to shift a revolution. And this could probably be a historic moment in terms of how film changed, but we don't realize it. So going, I hate to even say this, going into 2022. I know, insane, eh? Like, it's not that far away, unfortunately. I remember 2019 like it was yesterday, literally. I think it was. Do you think they'll, do you think HBO and Warner Brothers and HBO Max will do that agreement again? The 2021 agreement where... Every one of our movies this year will come out to HBO Max for a month or whatever it was, like the Warner Brothers movies. Do you think they'll do it again? Or I do. do you think they, I do. Yeah. I, think, I think it's going to be more of a hybrid system now. They've, they've introduced this hybrid system, and they're going to stay with it. And I know the streaming services are eyeballing some big stuff out there. Um, I heard rumblings that Disney's looking to buy the WWE to put it on streaming only, take it away from all the television networks and just put it on streaming. There is a lot of play going on sport franchises um, like the NFL, I know the NFL is one of the last ones, but there's a lot of discussions about having them move to streaming services away from cable television. They're on the verge of killing cable television. So if that's going to be the case, movies are going to play a significant role in the financing of that. So this hybrid model, when you talk about direct dollars to their pocket with no um, you know, theater companies involved, the overhead is they're less, going to yeah. need that dollar uh, to do these other big items. And so I think they're on the verge of trying to collapse cable. And I think collectively they know there's the three, a few big giants in the room. They know they can crush it. So they need to strategize those dollars. And I think you're going to see a hybrid system just so they have that capital to start taking on these bigger pieces to crush cable. Because if they own cable, I think owning cable, like wiping cable out and putting this streaming as a service, direct service all the time, I think that happens. And that actually will save the theaters. I think because that creates a whole new revenue stream for them, another item that they can still preserve the, the nostalgic piece around those movies because you still need a movie theater to have some unique experiences to create the desire to go find it on a streaming service. I think you still need that right now. I don't know when that disappears. It might disappear when my kids become adults, but right now you still need that and you're going to need it for at least another generation. So The other thing that could happen is, and 
I don't know where it's at. There was rumblings of this happening. Like you could start see like Netflix buying stake in a chain of movie theaters or Amazon buying or, stake. Or they just open their own. Exactly. So that they can do both. Yeah. And then they get all of the money from both ways. They open their own. And instead of you having to be sitting in the direct audience of that theater, it's like a streaming bubble. So imagine you open a theater and it has an inside outside component. And you, as long as you're within it, you can direct stream to your device, almost like a movie theater used to be for picking up on the radio waves. And so it has a physical screen, a physical space, but it has now doesn't have the limited capabilities of being the same physical space that you initially see. Right now, you need sound dampeners, you need light, proper light, you need all these different things. I bet you they come up with some hybrid model of a weird ass thing that's different. It's it's like yeah, there's a classic theater feel, but also there's like an an, an extra theater feel where I can sit outside as opposed to being around people if I don't really want to be around people and I can sit outside on my device or any device that I bring with me and I can watch that same movie as a direct stream and I'm getting access to it. Like I can see some weird shit like that happening because they're never going to go back to this. Let's put 500 people in a theater because everyone's going to feel good again because society is going to be a long ways away from that. So I, I think you're going to get something unique. That's a mixture of the two that allows people to not be at odds with each other, but they respect their own spaces. I will say just as a closing note on, on that topic, I, I, I found at least in the two experiences I've gone, the theaters are doing a pretty good job of when you buy a movie ticket, you have space in front to the sides and behind you. Like it severely limits how many people can go into a, a theater, but you do have a good amount of space around you just the way you book seats. So, I mean, that at least that side of things is, is good. Uh, I, I honestly would love to say shout out to any business that has made the effort. I mean, there's been so many cases where these businesses have done everything they can to to tackle these challenges. I think they've done really well. They've done the best they can. And they they haven't, I, I can't say they haven't begrudged. I'm sure some have, but there hasn't been a, a narrative anyways. There's always been this this piece where they're trying, whether it's local or big chain, chains, everyone's trying as generally good decent amount of patients out there and people trying to participate where they can so like get me wrong i hadn't gone to a theater in a long time but i still put my money into cineplex i got it from the cineplex app i didn't get it from anyone else like i you know i figured that was my my hybrid way right, of su yeah, yeah. supporting the theater right so it's you still trying to find a way to make it all work no but it's been interesting but it's, some of these conversations are fun to circle back on and hopefully circling circling back on them uh I would love to say symbolizes the end or the transition away from this space. But I mean, that's just pure optimism at this point in time. So we'll leave it there. And hey, back podcasting in person. And we didn't even have a beer. We had coffee because it's the middle of the day. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't uh, I didn't quit, which is good because, you know, there might have been there might have been depending on how you answered some questions. I mean, things might have gone sour. So you weren't going to quit. I, uh, you may have hit me with a chair, but you weren't going to. Well, that's true. I will say, as a nearly 40-year-old man, I'm finding that this daytime podcasting thing, I have way more energy than I ever Yeah, have it's night. great, eh? We we may have to find a way to make this the way we do things, so. I was driving last night. Um, I know we're wrapping up, but I felt like I went to go. I was picking my wife up from work, and I felt like my eyes, I'm just fighting to keep my eyes open. I'm like, God, it must be like 1130 at night. And I looked down, it was 914. And I said, at what point did this happen? Like, if I go back 20 years, and talk to myself at 19 and be like, don't worry, in 20 years, you're going to want to fall asleep at 930 at night. Like, it's what's happening? Not even want to. You're physically yeah. going to fall asleep, no matter what you're doing. Yeah. I go downstairs and watch a movie and I'm like, I might just sleep in this chair because I don't want to get out of this yeah. chair and go uh, back listen, upstairs. I'm, uh, my, my, my daughter started working this summer, which is another big moment, but uh, trying to I'll get too personal. But 
the picking her up after work thing is uh, like totally drawing straws with my wife. And it's basically we have to set alarms to wake up to go get her when she finishes work at 11 or, oh, my God, 12. Yeah. And I try not to sympathize because I don't want her to think like, I oh, this is really tiring. I want to act like, no, no, this is what you do when you're a teenager. But I'm like not with it. And I have to sit there and have a conversation with her after work to let her debrief, you know, so she can yeah, yeah, go yeah. to sleep. Yeah. And I am struggling to have that conversation. So I throw it back to my parents and the parents of everyone out there who uh, went through with their kids coming home from work late at night and gave them 10, 15 minutes of time. That had to be fucking painful because I, I feel it. So, yeah. Yeah. We're getting old. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Get awesome. Vac- get vaccinated. What? Sorry. What? Get off my lawn. <laughs> Combination of the two. Hey, speaking of old and not changing, Clint Eastwood. Just going to leave that one out there. We'll follow up with that next podcast. He's making another movie that involves horses, drug running, and Mexico. And I'm starting to feel like he keeps making these a thread, and I'm not sure why. So we should cover that next time. Okay. And maybe we'll talk about his son, who looks exactly like him. Yeah. Does he have the same ties? And what is the ties to, you know, Central America that they keep linking? It's always drug-related, I want to point out as well. And gang-related. How do you think these movies are funded? I don't know. Or he just, he, or he just has a complete hate on for that, that culture as well. I'm not sure. Because if you see how these movies play out, this 80-year-old guy religiously shoots these people over and over again. So, And they always look the same, by the way. Also, is 80, 80, is, is he 80? Because I would have honestly thought he was closer to 100. I threw it to 80 because <laughs> of the way he whips around that cold 45. Okay, he enough. may be older. Yeah, fair enough. So, yeah. Anyways. All right. Well, uh, I think that just about does it. Um, yeah, I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> so old. We went from pep and energy, and uh, the caffeine has worn off. So it's true. Happy Zen Podcast, uh, back at it again. And uh, I know you'll have to edit in our sponsors, and I'm sure you've heard them at some point in this uh, piece. So do check them out. Uh, Deadly Grounds, Ape Beans, everybody out there. I know they don't both sponsor us, but they're kind of you know the same. Go to happyzen.com for all the information. We are Happy Zen Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you stumble across us on Facebook, I don't know how we got there. Yeah, who goes to Facebook anymore? Yeah. Losers. Oh, you go in there. It's because you're going to march at a hospital. Anyways, and talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs>